So when are we uh, gonna like? Where are we starting the recording at? Is this like part of the podcast? All right, let's let's review the Super Bowl. How'd you feel about it? Was it did it go down the way you expected or not? <laughs> not at all. Not even remotely. Um, first of all, um, I make bold claims, okay? You do. And um, I will always backtrack and tell you when I was wrong, okay? Mm-hmm. And I believe it was about a month ago, um, you know, in the divisional rounds when I was, like, saying how little impact defense has in today's league. I believe yeah, it was a yeah, conversation with me, you, and Lynch. Mm-hmm. And um, while it is an offensive heavy league, um, defense could not have been more a, a part of this Super Bowl win for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They potentially, like, arguably played the best game of their season. Um, they really did. Which started out really, really good, their season did. So um, that's a statement. They made a huge statement against uh, – a really, really good Kansas City Chiefs team. I mean, um, that's what the best offense in the league, the Kansas City. If you got, if you think about it, you know, like who else would you think would score more points or put up better numbers? I mean, that's like the best offense versus the Bucks defense, and the Bucks defense shut it down. They did hard. So um, here I am telling the world I was wrong on that. Um, yeah, they they killed it. You know, I'm I'm happy for uh, mm-hmm. Tom Brady. I'm not going to sit here and hate on history being made. He's the GOAT. Um, I'm real happy for uh, JPP uh, yeah. getting, a, getting a ring for uh, the USF alum. <laughs> um, Got to find a finger to put it on. That's the thing. <laughs> for real. If you were Tom Brady, he'd be in trouble for another Super Bowl win. <laughs> for real. Um, but – um. Um, the, uh, what was I going to say? So the biggest surprise for me, I think was that like everyone knew going into the game, the chiefs offensive line was injured and didn't have all their starters and Fisher Torres Achilles the game before my, I thought the chiefs would do a better job of managing that, like figuring that out. You know what I mean? Like you had two weeks to prep. You thought, okay, we have a weak offensive line. We'll do other things to kind of counteract that. And they play like a normal chiefs game as if their offensive line was fine and that kind of fucked them. I feel like I'm which I'm surprised because Andy Reid's a good coach and you would think they'd have their shit together. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's tough to do that when uh, like when you, when, when Dallas's offensive line was struggling. Okay. So all season, um, <laughs> what did we say? We said tight end needs to be heavier utilized in the box. Maybe bring in another tight end. Um, you have to run the ball tight too. End, yeah. That, I mean, and Edwards Hilaire looked really good. I don't know why he didn't get more carries. Um, yeah. He looked really good. He was running the ball hard. Um, but I guess it was more so game flow. You you know, you're not going to sit here and hand the ball off 30 times when you're down big early. Yeah. I think they went down, what, 21-3 yeah. at the first half or something? Yeah, yeah, because they were down 14-6, to six and then Tom Brady scored last minute before halftime. With A.B., yeah. Um, it's just tough to do when you have, when your number one B 
uh, receiving target is a tight end who's also stereotypically responsible for a lot of blocking schemes in the NFL in order to uh, have a good pass protection. You got to have a good all around tight end, you know, like Jason Witten yeah. was back in the day, you know, hey, he would, the go. Mm, he's, maybe, <laughs> maybe for Dallas, maybe for Dallas, but uh, um, yeah, I think they ran into, I, I, don't, I don't know. I think that was a, a they just got out coached by. They really did. They really did. Tom Brady. <laughs> Tom Brady. And I really think, I don't know if this is true or not, but I think, um, Andy Reid's son, that car accident, really impacted them because they they yeah, weren't even hyped so. up at all during the game. Like from the moment the game started, they were like kind of down in the dumps already. And I was like, and once I went down, it was over. Like you can see it in their eyes, they had no like energy. And I think the Andy Reid's son's tragic situation, I think, really put them in a bad spot. You know that once they were down, they couldn't come back from it. Um, it was his son's like kid and wife, right? Is that who was in the um, car accident? So I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I'm pretty sure Andy Reid's son was the guy driving and he hit another car. And in that car, there was two little girls and those little girls are like in the ICU critical condition now. Oh my gosh. And, then, and afterwards, Andy Reid's son admitted that he was drinking before the car accident. Like, he didn't get a DUI, but later on he admitted that he was drinking beforehand. Oh, wow. And that was, like, two days before the Super Bowl. Andrew Reid's son is, like, the assistant coach. So, you know, he's part of the team. Everyone knows him. And then that happens. You're like, oh, fuck. That's rough. That is – Especially yeah, Andy, Andy Reid, who has, like, his son – his other son committed suicide. Remember that whole thing, like, a couple years ago? Yeah. So he's yeah. got like a lot of family stuff. So that was probably a big deal. Um, so a four-year-old suffered non-life-threatening injuries and a five-year-old identified by family as Ariel was taken to the hospital with life-threatening injuries. Her family said she remained in critical condition on Sunday. Um, I, don't, I don't know of any updates like more recently. Reed also said he was on Adderall and was taken to Research Medical Center after complaining of stomach pain. Huh. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, any, any sort of off the field distraction like that during the oh, biggest yeah. two week prep phase of the NFL season um, is going to uh, impact the outcome heavily um, from a non-athletic standpoint, you know, um, it just mm -hmm. proves that these athletes are, are, are people too, you know, they're not, they're not just pawns that are on the field and run, catch and tackle, yeah. you know, multi-dimensional sure. like, but uh yeah that's that and the chiefs at the end of the game i feel like too weren't really that sad about losing like you'd normally see like people are at, are like heartbroken when they lose a super bowl and the chiefs are like fuck it all right kind of kind of yeah. vibe to it we're like they were just trying to get out of there i think and and move on if you look at how the stats broke down though i mean um it was relatively even you know, um, mm -hmm. Kansas City ran six more plays, had 10 more yards total. Uh, they each had 11 drives. Um, you know, the difference ended up being Mahomes throwing two picks, you know. who they, they held Mahomes to no touchdowns. That's Yeah, that's wild. Like, how much could you have won if you would have bet on that? You know what I mean? What are the odds on that? Like, Chiefs with no touchdowns? Like, fuck, that's like 100 to 1 probably. Like, 
that's ridiculous. No one saw that coming. You got to start thinking that uh, this this mattress owner guy is in the pocket of Vegas, man. He put like three and a half million dollars down on Tampa Bay to win, and and they they didn't only win; they routed the Kansas yeah, City Chiefs. Yeah, he's probably feeling good. How much did he win? You think he probably won an extra five, maybe? Because the yeah, Chiefs they were the favorite. favorites. Yeah, yeah so. so. You probably made yeah, I, I, I don't know what his payout take. was easily. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would think so. Mattress yeah. Matt, baby, that dude's a G. That dude's a G. <laughs> probably three and a half to win, like eight or nine. I don't know, um, but got to be a pretty good payout. Tom Brady, let's get let's talk about Tom Brady. Um, yeah. What is your opinion on Tom? Like overall athlete, um, his legacy, his run as arguably the best quarterback of all time best definitely yeah. the best quarterback of our generation that we've yeah, grown up watching he's definitely the best quarterback of all time the question is because it takes so much for a football team to win a super bowl like you need a good defense as you know and like a good running game a good coach like is he the best quarterback to ever do it if you're just saying best person to ever play the position talent wise probably not you know what i mean but He's up there because he's he's had good seasons like the Randy Moss seasons where he was he won multiple MVPs, won seven fucking Super Bowls. So he's the most accomplished and probably the best all time. But is he the best person to ever play quarterback? Like if you put Mahomes in Brady's situations, how many Super Bowls does he have? Or like Aaron Rodgers or Peyton Manning even? You know what I mean? Like I'd probably say more. But then it goes into like leadership and like intangibles. Maybe Tom Brady has intangibles that those other quarterbacks don't have like Aaron Rodgers probably doesn't have the leadership that Brady has you know what I mean Not so it's, it's a it's a tough conversation he's the best he's the GOAT I still wouldn't say he's the best to ever strap on pads to play quarterback you know what I mean I would still take I'd probably take Mahomes over but like I think Mahomes I played Brady even in the Super Bowl he fucking killed it he went like, he was doing all those crazy fucking passes and hitting dudes around the fucking money and the dropping passes. You know what I mean? I think yeah. if, if you – like, the best test, I think, is if you just switch quarterbacks. Like, even in the Super Bowl, if you switch quarterbacks, if Mahomes on the Bucks and Brady's on the Chiefs, who wins that game? Probably the Bucks still, right, if Mahomes is on the Bucks, With that with that defensive line going after Brady at the Chiefs offensive line, it'd be a wrap. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I still think probably – I think Mahomes is probably the GOAT. I take Mahomes right now in front of in front of anyone who's ever played, for sure. I definitely, I definitely think he's won it. I you think know? he's, I think he's the best in the league. Mahomes is, but, um, yeah, I. It's it, it kind of goes back to like your Kobe and Michael or Michael and LeBron. It's like two different times. Yeah. I mean, um, so it's hard. It's really tough to compare quarterbacks, um, from way back. You know, Staubach, Aikman. Um, yeah, all all of the the greats from you know the seventies through the nineties. Um, it's it's tough to compare those, but when you're looking at uh, Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes, I think football IQ comes into play a lot, and um, the experience that Tom Brady has would have made this game a lot closer than it was. Um, I don't think that uh, Tampa Bay would have won by 22 points if yeah. Tom Brady was on the Chiefs as opposed to um, the Bucks. I think it would have been a lot closer. 
Um, ultimately, I do think Patrick Holmes' athleticism would probably have gotten Tampa Bay the win. Um, and they proved to have, you know, they've got a arguably an, a Pro Bowl receiver at all three slots, you know. Um, yeah. Like the Bucks they, are a better team, you know what I mean, than the Chiefs yeah. overall. Yeah. So, I mean, um, and what about, so like Tom Brady gets a lot of hate. You know, he really does. He gets – is that is that kind of like why everybody hates the Cowboys? He's not a Cowboys fan because in the 90s we had that run where we were – and we were coined America's team. Any true Cowboys fan, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't look at the Cowboys as America's team. I think we've talked about this. The Cowboys aren't America's team. That was some bullshit uh, made-up fucking – um, yeah, some like label like a, that like, nobody like a marketing on. tactic in the nineties yeah. or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, but um, especially after twenty five years of not doing shit, you can't right. be America's team when you haven't done shit in a fucking two decades. We're America's I think Brady right now. We are, and I think Brady gets heat heat because because he won so much with the Patriots. You know what I mean? And he's like a good dude because like you can't really find flaws about him. So it's like, oh, fuck him, just because, like, you can't say anything bad about him. All he does is fucking win Super Bowls, you know? So you just don't like him because your, your team, whoever you like, fucking sucks, and Brady beats yeah. him all the time. So That's yeah, my yeah. assessment as well, you know? I mean, um, I'm not involved in the guy's life, so I'm not sitting here acting like I babysat his kids for 15 <laughs> years, however old they are. But he seems to be a really good parent. Um, he's uh, got a long-lasting marriage. He's not fucking hopping around wives and having mm-hmm. all these off the field drama, you know, you don't hear about yeah. him. Uh, hear about it. His teammates love him too. Yeah. And I've, I've said it on this show before. I love anybody who gets fired up, you know, cause I, I've, mm-hmm. I've got a little bit of that in myself and he, <laughs> a little bit. he will get in the face of his teammates, you know, like, and just demand excellence. And yeah. that to me is, is an intangible that does go into leadership that does go into how the season plays out and how you perform when the brightest lights of all are on you, you know, because um, Bruce Arians yeah. came out and said something like uh, I, I, he, he kind of like let him coach, you know, he's like, Hey coach, can I not throw on Wednesdays? And he's like, yeah, man, do what you want. He he even did the same for Gronk, like saying, Gronk, you're not practicing on Wednesdays. I need you on Sundays. You know, letting the greats be great is a huge, is like, is a big reason why they were so durable and they were so good this year. And that's why Gronk and Brady left the Patriots because Belichick never gave them any of that kind of shit. Like they never treated the superstars like superstars when you kind of have to you can't treat everyone the same on the team because some dudes are tom brady and other dudes are the 53rd man on the roster but belichick treated everyone the same which is kind of good but in some scenarios like you got to be a player's coach a little bit and let older tom brady take a day off let gronk take a day off and let them kind of lead meetings and shit so i think i think brady now is probably you i should have left the patriots a long time ago because he if you can win and have fun why not do that yeah I think he is too. I think he loves Florida. So I mean, oh, yeah. um, who doesn't? Still a little. How about upset the? Um, I didn't get to go to the game, but it's all good. Oh my it's god! All good. Yeah, I, I told so many people about that story, and people listen to the podcast. They're like, "That's like the worst thing they ever heard." That story. They were like, "Felt so bad for you." <laughs> it's awful. Um, how about Brady being like people like the whole athlete conversation? Like, is 
Grady the greatest athlete of all time, blah, blah, blah. How do you feel about that? No. I don't think greatest so. Greatest athlete? Bad. Yeah, because, like, the most accomplished oh, athlete, greatest athlete, blah, blah, blah. Most the thing with that is, like... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. The thing is, like, is Brady an athlete? That's kind of the sticking point, right? It's, like, is he... Is he the most athletic guy of all time? No, but uh, is he an athlete? Yeah, he's a football player. You know what I mean? It's kind of one of those things yeah. where if he, if he is an athlete, then he might be the greatest of all time, but he's definitely not the most athletic guy of all time. If that makes right. sense. You know? So, but, uh, go ahead. No, you're good. I was thinking, like, if you say, if, like, athlete, like, his arm is athletic, like, he can do things with his arm that Michael Jordan can't fucking do. Michael Jordan can never throw a football like how Brady can do it. You know what I mean? So just because he's not, like, a whole body athlete, like a basketball player, but, like, a tennis player is an athlete, a soccer player is an athlete. You know what I mean? And Brady's right fucking arm is more athletic than any of those dudes, if you think about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even most accomplished athlete is questionable. If we're going to be just talk about anybody who plays a professional sport as an athlete, right? Um, a lot of people look at baseball players as, as you know, like kind of the softer end of uh, athletes and, or, uh, or tennis, you know, look at Roger Federer uh, or look at Yogi Berra, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, so, I mean, there's people with more championships, more rings. Is so are, are NASCAR drivers athletes? Because Jimmy, uh, yeah, what, what's that's his the name? thing. Uh, Jimmy, uh, whatever his name is. Sorry, Jimmy, Jimmy Johnson. Is that his name? I think Jimmy Johnson. I think it's like yeah, that basic ass name, Jimmy Johnson. I think. Okay. Um, I mean, he how many how many uh, sprint cups has he won? You know, or whatever yeah. the championship is called for NASCAR. So I mean, even most decorated, most accomplished athlete. Uh, is could be put up to put to an argument but um is he an athlete of course yeah but um like Le- i would say lebron james is 10 times more athletic than than tom brady you know um yeah yeah i, I don't know that's a that's a tough one um but i definitely without question i mean for me you can't put Patrick Mahomes in the top three of all time right now. You can't put yeah. Patrick Mahomes in the top 10 of all time right now. He's, he's definitely the best in the game, but at one point Michael Vick was the best in the game at one point, you know, exactly. um, you have to accomplish some shit, you know, you can't like, he's what he, what Mahomes reminds me of now is like Michael Jordan, like 91, like everyone knew he was the go. Are you there? Yeah. Somebody called in. I lost you for a second. Oh, shoot. Like, everyone knew Jordan was a GOAT. He just didn't have six rings. He had one. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Just, it just was a matter of time before he was a GOAT, but basically he already was. He just had to do it. And it's like Mahomes is in that category where he, he already won the championship. All he needs is time, and we'll see how it happens. But he probably is the best to ever do it already, even though he hasn't accomplished what Brady has yet. It'd be, it's going to be interesting to see how the rest of the next few years plays out because um, if you look at the um, the similarities between Mahomes' start to his career and uh, Wilson's start to their career, they each made the playoffs their rookie season as a starter or their first season as a starter. Um, it wasn't Mahomes' rookie year. He sat for a year behind Alex Smith, I think. But um, So they both made the playoffs their first season as a starter. They both won the Super Bowl their second season as a starter. And then number three? 
They both lost to Tom Brady in the Super Bowl the following year. (laughs) So Mahomes is about to do nothing for the next, like, five years. I don't know, man. Who knows? Um, Yeah, it's so hard. Hard to predict. I think that uh, he's definitely a little better than um, Russell as a quarterback, you know. Um, I think he's definitely going to end up being looked at as – honestly, I think he'll probably be in a little bit higher of a tier than Russell Wilson will. Um, Russell Wilson's great, but – Patrick Mahomes is a go in the game right now. Uh, today, really is. Um, speaking of Russell Wilson, he's not happy. Yeah, he's talking about a bunch of shit. Like his own line sucks. I guess he was the most hit and sack quarterback of all time yeah. last year or something like that. And but, over like, the past I, few years. But like, what does he want? Does he want to get traded, or he just wants to like demand the Seahawks draft the offensive lineman in the first round? Like, what do you want them Listen, to do? Man, I didn't. I didn't wear this hat for no reason, brother. I uh, Russell Wilson of the Cowboys, dude. There's been talks. We're I think second amongst all teams in odds for uh, Russell Wilson trade. I mean, we would have to give up the house for Russell. And um, there's something to be said that he's like gonna count for like 33 or 32, 37, and 39 against the cap over the next three years. Still cheaper than um, a DAC deal on paper, but Jerry works out his contracts. Would you rather have DAC than Russell? For sure. One, just because, one, DAC beat Russell Wilson in the playoff game. Let's not forget that a couple years ago, you know. Two, just the chemistry chemistry vibes. Like, DAC, everyone loves DAC on the team. Like, he knows all the players, the coaching staff, like, and he's – Let's say Russell Wilson's like a couple points better than Dak. Like, I don't think he makes that much of a difference better than Dak to really make that much of an impact, you know? So, I don't have Dak. And he's younger. Who is? Dak. Dak is like, what, 26, 27? Russell's like 31, maybe. 30, 31. Really? I think so, yeah. Let's, I feel like uh, let's look it up. Russell was still in college while I was in college. He transferred from what, NC State to Wisconsin or Wisconsin-NC State or whatever? Yeah, and you're like 31, so. True. <laughs> Touche. Let me see. Russell Wilson, 32. Holy shit. Okay, I mean, but yeah, dude. Tom Brady's what, 40? <laughs> How old? 43, I think. Yeah, man. And Dak nice. is 27. Dak's 27 turned 28, so Four and a half or three and a half years younger. I know five. Four I knows how that ankle. I knows how that ankle holds up. Um, yeah. I already had a, a cleanup procedure, similar to what Amari Cooper had in the off season, um, that was unrelated to the injury. But when they went in and they saw areas that could be improved, you know, um, you may know a little bit more about this than I do, um, but uh, they saw. I don't know, maybe like. Just freaking yeah. They said abnormalities in his ankle. Yeah, they said it was a cleanup and that he'll be back. Like his timeline didn't get messed up at all. Is what they're saying, which is the yeah. good news. But when they say it had nothing to do with the injury, that makes no sense. Like really, he snapped mm-hmm. his leg in half and you performed a surgery on that same leg and it has nothing to do with that leg. Like what are you talking yeah, about? I don't but buy if, it. But... If, his, if his timeline, if his timeline's not messed up, then he should be good to go. If it's gonna make his ankle more sound, then yeah. I I'm hope all, they did I'm all like about the, it. Like the Tua procedure, like that tightrope thing. Maybe something like that. I don't know. 
So you would rather, I don't, man, that's a tough one for me. I, you don't know. I don't No, I don't. Um, but like if we, it'd be a trade. So not only is you have to get Wilson Wilson, you have to trade something for him. Dak. Yeah. And we're losing a number 10 and overall, and probably two more years worth of number one draft first round yeah. draft picks. Like if yeah, it's, so if in, that, Dak in that is, sense, yeah. You know I mean? If if Dak is healthy, like I'm, you're taking Dak. He's not as good as Wilson, but he's not that much worse. Where I think he wouldn't win a Super Bowl if we had our shit together. I think that um, I think Dak gets a deal done. Ultimately, I think it's all hype, but um, definitely uh, sparks some interest in my boring ass afternoon. Um, <laughs> but I think you're probably going to see my prediction for a Dak. Uh, contract is three years, 115 million, almost all of it fully guaranteed. Probably about 90 million fully guaranteed. Really, I think, I think we don't sign them to a long term deal. I think it's another franchise tag. Think so? I think I think the Cowboys' offer is probably so bullshit that Dak is only going to be able to sign the franchise tag, and then because the Cowboys want to see if he's if he's Good after the injury too. If yeah, you can just some give him one have, year. Some people have talked about him sitting out if he gets franchise tag. You're not sitting out after under on like having an ankle injury like that. You're trying to prove yourself. So, I guess that that is a little bit of leverage for us if we're willing to pay the thirty-seven and a half fucking million to have him for one year. Um, I really think that the the two sides are going to work hard to get a deal done, though. I just I. Th- despite what uh, Dak's brother says, the most irrelevant person in the (laughs) world. Um, I really think he wants to be in Dallas. I think everybody wants him in Dallas, including upper management. And um, I think we end up getting a deal done. That's just me though. I thought we were going to get one done last season too. too. I don't know why they're fucking with him. Just pay the dude. Like, like what's, what's plan B? There is no plan B. There is none. Like you don't have another quarterback waiting in the wing. You don't have anything. You hope you hope that kid from South Dakota State falls to ten. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the um, plan B is. So uh, let's let's move on um, to one of our favorite artists and his performance at the halftime show. Hey, um, the weekend. The weekend. Um, overall, how did you? Uh, what did you think of the performance? What did you think of? Uh, there were definitely some. Um, there's some symbolism in there for sure, you know, um, mm-hmm. some hidden messages. Um, and I didn't know about all this recent surgeries and stuff he's had. Give me your take on uh, I give thought me it was the TMZ outlook it, on the show. I'd give it at least a 9 out of 10. Like, it was – I thought it was awesome. I thought it was good for anyone who doesn't know The weekend. Like, that's a pretty good taste of, like, what he's about, especially, like, as of late. And he's not really like a performer performer, but he did a good job performing, you know what I mean, on the biggest yeah. stage. And it was it was different and unique and probably kept people's attention. Good for the meme world, like a lot of memes out there with the weekend and shit. Yeah. And he did he did an ode to like the House of Balloon days with the House of Balloon song. You know, Big what I mean? respect Which is, to like, that. Big shout out to that. That was fucking that was good for any OG fans. Um, yeah. And that's like a that's like an OG song that you would never hear in concert or anything, unless, you, you know what I mean, you went to concert back in the day. Like, that's a legit OG song. So, I mean, it was it was good. I, I thought I liked it a lot. Um, 
and he, he's like a weird dude with his music videos. That's what all like, the pal plastic surgery was about. Like in his videos, he had like this weird face and like has a lot of symbolism and shit. And I think in one of the videos, like he did the plastic surgery with his whole face wrapped and that was like what his dancers were wearing too. So I thought it was good, pretty creative. Nine out of 10. So um, I think that, I mean, this could, this could be something that Helen Keller could see, I don't know, but I think that um, he's kind of sending a message to Hollywood and like a little bit of how Hollywood kind of have, has fucked him up a little bit and um, yeah. everybody being in head wraps, you know, you're talking about a guy who couldn't perform on stage because of uh, such a bad, I believe, opiate addiction. You know, when he came up, he was high, heavily addicted to drugs and to the point where it, it interfered with his, like I said, performances and stuff. So, mm -hmm. um, and then he goes to Hollywood where the bright lights are always on you. You know, you're always in the spotlight. You got people watching you 25-8, and um, it's just very demanding. And um, I think that the surgery thing was, or the raps was more like a, how everybody just kind of in Hollywood just feels like they need to manipulate their physical image to fit some yeah. mold of a Hollywood star. And um, I definitely liked the um, the message behind his performance because yeah. me personally, I, I hate that. I hate how how plastic people become in Hollywood, yeah. you know? It's like they're not he's always, real. He's always really deep with his music videos. Like, the, I forget what song it is, but in the, in the music video, he, like, gets plastic surgery, and then he gets the rap, and then he takes it off, and his face is all fucked up, like that, that meme that was going around, where, like, yeah. the big lips and the big cheek and shit, kind of saying, like, usually a dude and his status, when he gets how big he is, like, famous-wise, you would do crazy shit, like get plastic surgery and do all this crazy shit to be accepted by... Hollywood and he's like saying like fuck fuck all that shit you know which is kind of cool especially knowing where he came from and stuff so it's good that like the fame and all that shit doesn't get to him but he kind of is making fun of it how it could you know so he didn't receive any payment for performing the halftime show is that normal I think yeah I think I think I've heard of that before where it's normal that you don't get paid because one, everyone wants to do it. And two, you get so much notoriety and so many eyes are on you. I think like a hundred million people watch the Super Bowl. So it's like, like that's on worth the it. Tank. Yeah, that's like that's worth it in itself, just all the eyeball. Yeah. So he didn't actually have surgery then? No, 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 he didn't have surgery. It was like a Okay, it was for the music different. video. He looks Does different. He? I mean the mustache and yeah, I mean he <laughs> definitely he's definitely looking uh a lot more a lot older but then again you just pointed out my age so maybe i'm just getting yeah. older too um, and i was talking to my friend i'm like i've been listening to the weekend for 10 years like he came out with house of balloons in 2011. you know what i mean like he's been around for a decade so i still listen to that album fuck yeah that's just a classic dude such a fucking classic. dude there's so many good songs on that album or mm -hmm. is it even an it's album what... wasn't it a mixtape or was that an album? Yeah, well, it was a mixtape, and then he made the three mixtapes, House of Balloons, Thursday, and then Echoes of Silence. And then, like, a right. year later, took those three mixtapes and made the album, all the songs together. Yeah. Classic. The Knowing, a goat. The Birds Part 2. Oh, my gosh, yeah, so good. Um, so, overall, I would say, um, I mean, last year's Super Bowl performance was lit as fuck, though. That was, that was fire. 
Yeah. With J Lo, so J Lo and Shakira. Shakira. Oh my Taking gosh! Like, and they they were just showing like that should have been the theme of this one with a 40 55 year old Tom Brady on the field. And then you've got like yeah. 60 year old fucking JLo still putting on with Shakira. And that should have been mm-hmm. this year's performance, arguably every year's performance. Um, you can probably hear me in the other room, but I, I'm sorry. I just had to tip my hat to that. That yeah. was a great performance. That last performance year. was so legendary. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, the weekend, <clears throat> Does the voice make up for dance moves and guitar solos and ass shaking? <laughs> I'm biased, but yes, I say it does because the weekend's fucking amazing. Yeah, um, I think it does too. So uh, we can um, let's I go over your can... your your thing that you were talking about. I think oh, it was your top ten. Yeah, and how accurate was it? All right, so I had to uh, go back and endure that freaking hour and a half long podcast where I was talking like this the whole time. And and, and, but um, again, I'm sorry about that. But uh, so my top ten from the middle of the season this year was as follows, and you can give me a grade for every position, and we'll work together on reshuffling the deck. Um, at quarterback, the omissions were Dak Prescott. And any other omissions were omitted because they, they wouldn't have been in the top 10 anyways. Um, so number one, I had Patrick Mahomes. Number two, I had Russell Wilson. Number three, I had Aaron Rodgers. Number four, I had Kyler Murray. Um, number five, I had Deshaun Watson. Number six, I had Josh Allen. Number seven, J- Justin Herbert. Eight, Drew Brees. Nine, Tom Brady. Ten, Ryan Tannehill. So where would you – I mean, that's – for the midseason, like, the thing is, like, at that point, that was what it was. You know what I mean? So it's not like you were wrong. But at this point, what would you change? You'd have at least put Brady in the top three, right? No. Mahomes. You would put him top three? Mahomes, Rodgers, who's three for you? I think that Deshaun Watson, Josh Allen would all go in front of Brady. I don't know. Like, that's the thing, like, this whole, like, greatest of all time thing. It's like, yeah, maybe Deshaun Watson is playing better, but, like, fuck, Brady just won another Super Bowl at 43 years old. You okay, know but I mean? switch, out, switch out the quarterbacks. Tom Brady on the Bills. Do they even, like, have a shot no. at going to the AFC Championship game? That's the thing. Can Brady take a average team where – they're supposed to be maybe not but he can take so that's kind of my thing right there on, yeah you're right yeah, yeah, I um, see it. tom brady would probably be like and and granted this was also fantasy rankings as well you know this this okay. isn't all around this was kind of like a this was basically me trying to find a middle ground between fantasy and actual statistics and actual yeah yeah. so um Kyler Murray is not a top five quarterback but in fantasy he is um so changes I would make would uh definitely nothing at number one Russell Wilson would fall because he just disappeared the second half of the season um Aaron Rodgers would go up Deshaun Watson would go up Josh Allen would go up um Tom Brady would go up 
Ryan Tannehill would still be in my top ten. Is that crazy? Yeah, not if he's ten. He could be top ten. Yeah, I 10. think I think he's I think he's tenth. You know, I mean, who are you gonna put instead? You know, like yeah. Matt the thing Ryan. with Tannehill is like he's usually average, and then he have a big game. You just got to hit the big game if you have him on your team. Like you got to figure out when is the good time to play him. Maybe Baker. I've, Baker finished. Yeah, strong. yeah. Baker. Uh, I actually looking at the word document that I used to um, like keep track of everything when I was making this. Um, Baker uh, was one of my omissions, like one of my uh, eleven through fifteen, along with like Matthew Stafford, things like that. But. Um, I mean, I, I would agree with you on your take of Ryan Tannehill up until last season. I mean, um, he really kind of came on pretty strong, except now that I'm looking at the stat lines, this is the last three games of his uh, of the season, or last two and then the postseason game, um, he only had three touchdowns total. So, yeah. Uh, He's but, I mean – Two, four, three, four, two, 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 one, two, one, three. I mean, he's uh, he's a different he's a different quarterback with AJ Brown on the field. Yes, like That's vastly different. Um, so he would still probably be in my top ten. What's the grade on the quarterbacks? Uh, the quarterback grade that uh, the Godfather Reggie is going to give me on this one. Um, for for where you were in the halfway through the season, I think it'd be minus. and okay, be minus. Yeah. I mean, it was. I think at at the time it was pretty accurate. Looking at it now, like a C plus, B minus. You know what okay. I mean? But who's who? But who knew fucking Brady would do his thing? Josh Allen finished strong, so maybe we were all hating on Josh Allen, but he he finished real fucking strong. I mean, at the end of the year, I still would take Deshaun over him, but he's definitely top five. You know. But then is it like the Lamar thing where Lamar won the MVP and then this year he's like, you know, he's okay. You know what I mean? Like, is Josh Allen going to do it again? We'll see. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that he's a better quarterback than Lamar. So, yeah, I think that he will. You know, um, the dude on the run just makes his bullet. I, I'm, I'm pretty obsessed with Josh Allen. I would probably take Josh Allen over Dak. Ooh. I would. I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't just because I don't. This like the same reason I wouldn't take Russell Wilson over Dak. Maybe Allen's better, but not better enough to I take him over Dak. Yeah. You know what I mean. I just don't want to like glorify Dak to make it seem as though he's like really great. Yeah. You know, like that shit. You take Zeke off the field and Dak didn't do shit before Amari. Yeah, Dak wasn't doing shit. He was he's like six and eleven his last seventeen games. We were one and three when he got hurt, so it's like, you know what I mean? Exactly. He's not a, the I thing mean, with Dak, he's he's not a force multiplier. He's not making anyone better. He's not going to make us worse, and he's not going to lose us the game. He can do what Brady did, probably win us the Super Bowl when you have an amazing defense and all these weapons. But he's not making people better like Mahomes and Rodgers. You know what I mean? And in my opinion, Josh Allen. What did Stephon Diggs do? Stephon Diggs had a career year the first year he went to Buffalo. And yeah. in times when Adam Thielen was hurt and Stephon Diggs was the main guy in Minnesota, he wasn't putting up Buffalo numbers. He was getting shut the fuck down, you know? Yeah. Um, 
part scheme, but I definitely think that Josh Allen makes the people around him better. Cole Beasley had a better year. Yeah, dude. Pro, uh, he made the fucking all pro. Like Tony Romo. Yeah, exactly. Cole Beasley like was all pro. Like Tony Romo days. And, yeah. um, you know, uh, Gabe Davis, um, I think he caught the most Rookie. touchdowns amongst all rookies. And yeah. the guy and was like a Josh third round definitely, He definitely proved that he's a top tier quarterback this year. Hopefully he can do it again. You know what I mean? If you were to put a Nick Chubb, a Derrick Henry, um, just Dalvin Cook, you know, one of the elite between the tackle, 25 carries a game, three down backs on Buffalo, they would be perennial AFC champions. Yeah. If not competing for it with the Chiefs. Yeah, hopefully they draft a running back first round or get like one of the top ranked running backs and we'll see what happens. I think Zach Moss was supposed to be good. I don't know what his deal was. He struggled with he was injury, like a right? Like, pick or something. Yeah, right after he the the tide kind of shifted from Singletary to Moss, and um, I, I I was talking to somebody and I was like I would own Zach Moss in every single format right now. Um, and then I think he started struggling with like I forget maybe like a heel Wait, or an fumbled? ankle injury. Was he fumbling? I don't know. Yeah, I'm not but sure. He wasn't that great so maybe they draft somebody maybe i doubt anyone wants to sign a buffalo but maybe they'll draft somebody we'll see i think the bills are you know top top two three in the afc top yeah two. i think they're yeah i think they're top top three in the league um but uh so <clears throat> b minus c plus on the quarterbacks for running backs um omissions were uh christian mccaffrey saquon barkley austin eckler and Raheem Mostert. Um, not, I don't know that Mostert would have been in my top 10, but he was bubble, so I figured I would uh, list him as an omission. Um, <clears throat> now, keep, like, again, this is uh, fantasy and on-field performance. Um, so number one overall, Dalvin Cook. Number two, Alvin Kamara. Number three, Aaron Jones. Number four, Derrick Henry. Number five, Nick Chubb. Number six, Josh Jacobs. Number seven, Ezekiel Elliott. Number eight, James Robinson. Number nine, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And number 10, Miles Sanders. That's pretty good. I give that an A, like an A minus. I mean, what would you change? Maybe just Derrick Henry a little higher? Because he Yeah, I'd flip Derrick Henry. And I'd flip – I'd put Aaron Jones, honestly, because – ah, fuck. Because Aaron came on strong at the end. Aaron Jones is a beast. I, I like Aaron Jones a lot. I'm sorry. I can't – I cannot keep Nick Chubb out of the top five. Yeah, and he's a monster. Even Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt is, like, up there. He just he doesn't was, get the carries. But he, he plays just out. as good. Yeah. Yeah. He was He was in 11 through 15 for me. Um, I would still – I would keep Dalvin. I would keep Amar, uh, Kamara um, just because of fantasy value. Um if I had to choose between who I wanted on the Cowboys, Kamara or Derrick Henry, or Kamara or Nick Chubb, I would pick the latter in both arguments. But um, mm-hmm. Kamara is as dynamic of a fantasy player as you can get. And because yeah. we were talking about fantasy at the time and fantasy rankings, um, I'm going to stick with Kamara at two. I, I would say Derrick Henry at three, Nick Chubb at four, Aaron Jones at five, and then – um, Jacobs at six, 
probably keep Zeke at seven. Um, if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire wasn't hurt, I would have probably flip-flopped Zeke and Edwards, but I'll put Edwards-Hilaire at eight, James Robinson at nine, and keep Miles Sanders rounding it off at ten. Yeah, I'd probably, for, for fantasy-wise, I'd put James Robinson probably ahead of Josh Jacobs because I think Robinson was maybe the top three fantasy scoring. I don't know, but he was up there, wasn't he? I'll look that fantasy up. Fantasy scoring um, James Robinson. When, yeah, my original in the original podcast, I, I said that I struggled not putting James Robinson higher. So let me see um, where he ranked, like in um, uh, PPR or standard? Uh, probably PPR. He was definitely, um, without a doubt, top 10. I don't know if he was top three just because – of players like Kamara and Dalvin Cook. Um, let's see. So PPR, um, but if it's PPR, Robinson caught a lot of balls. Um, yeah. Let's see. This can't be oh, – this is 2019. That's why. <laughs> All right. It's so hard. Um, I'm looking for it, too. It's so hard to find these stats. Fantasy pros, bro. Um so James Robinson is number seven from weeks one through 17. Uh, the rankings were Alan Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry. David Montgomery did have a strong end of the season, and you could yeah, did. swap him and Miles Sanders um, for, for rounding off top 10. Aaron Jones, Jonathan Taylor, James Robinson, Josh Jacobs, Ezekiel Elliott, Kareem Hunt. Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb missed a lot of games, though. Um, mm-hmm. Taylor had, like, three, maybe two really huge games to end the year. But he wasn't that good all year. If you ask me, he did not steal a starting job from Marlon Mack. I think Marlon Mack has just as good of a chance in coming in this year and being the starter. Um, okay, so... Um, yeah, dude, Zeke sucked in fantasy last year. First, yeah. Zeke sucked two, pretty much three, four, in every five, category. Six, seven, eight, nine. He was number 10. Like, just barely in front of Kareem Hunt, who shares the fucking load with somebody else. You know what I mean? Where are you getting that? I don't even have, so this like, is, Zeke's. So, so this is my fantasy league that I'm in. It's a one-point PPR. And maybe some other stuff stuff is different, but it's probably around the same as any other league. He was number oh, 10. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Elliot was number nine in this. I just completely passed yeah. over him. Um, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, he needs to do better. I think his contract gets restructured in the offseason, but this isn't a Cowboys uh, episode, so we'll move on. Wide receivers, um, I don't know if I omitted anybody here. I didn't write any down. Um, but at number one, I have Devontae Adams. Number two, Tyreek Hill. Here's where Reggie's going to disagree. Number three, Keenan Allen. Number four, DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> number five, DK Metcalf. Number six, Stefan Diggs, number seven, Tyler Lockett, number eight, Adam Thielen, number nine, Calvin Ridley, and number 10, Mike Evans. Okay. I would probably give Justin Jefferson a in there? to a B minus. No. Yeah, I mean, at the time, that was good. Um, I think your top six is pretty good. Like, what would you change? I put Stefan Diggs higher for sure. 
Um, Keenan yeah, Allen. Yeah. I don't, like, a lot of it has to do with their quarterback, too. You know what I mean? It's like, is this dude good if his quarterback balls out every week? Yeah, I'll put him up. You know what I mean? So, that's pretty good rankings. I give that a B minus. That's what I was saying, too. Um, Calvin Ridley stock goes up. Uh, he he didn't stop. Um, he's, but yeah, I mean, I don't know how much I would change to be honest with you. Um, maybe maybe put Stephon Diggs in front of Metcalf. Um, yeah, because DK kind of well, along with Russell Wilson, DK fell off toward the end of the year. You have to put Justin Jefferson in there. He was a monster. Yeah, he had like. He had like 1,200 yards or something like that, right? Yeah, I mean, he's going to be the number one over Thielen next year for sure. So maybe I, I just – I had a hard time not including Mike Evans um, just because yeah. I think he's a matchup nightmare. Um, and there were a lot of really tough decisions like Chris Godwin. Oh, Michael Thomas, I know for sure, was an omission on this. Um, yeah. He uh, missed a lot of time in the beginning of the season. Um, but uh, – Mm. And it's tough because, like, with Mike Evans, it's like, okay, if you got Brady as a quarterback, not a big fantasy explosion type of dude. Plus, you got Gronk, Godwin, AB, all getting looks. You know, Brady throws it to the running back a lot. So it's like Evans is a beast player wise, but is he someone I want in fantasy? Maybe not, as, you know what I mean? Because of all the other things going on. So I may have been a little bit high on Keenan Allen. Um, but I'm good. With, I, he is. He's good, but um, he's top ten. But uh, uh, like wide receivers, like even like AJ Brown, deserve to be yeah. looked at for top ten. Justin Jefferson for sure. Justin Jefferson as a rookie was number six overall um, in PPR points. He averaged seventeen points per game and almost put up three hundred points. Um, monster. So, uh, and that's with Kirk Cousins as his quarterback. Exactly. Yeah. And nobody likes that. Um, except for <laughs> Kirk Cousins. Uh, so yeah, I would probably go Justin Jefferson in the mix with the, probably the Tyler Lockett to Adam Thielen range, put Calvin Ridley above all three of those players. Stephon Diggs higher, Keenan Allen lower. Take Mike Evans probably out of the top ten, just barely. Yeah, I would say that wide receiver, I give myself <clears throat> I give myself a B minus on the wide receiver. Uh, That's good. Top, I think the top two are pretty much the only ones that are like solid, solid. Like Devontae and Tyreek, you can't argue that. Yeah. But DeAndre ended up falling off in the at the end of the season a little bit, um, with Kyler Murray being hurt and stuff like that. And also, he just kind of didn't really have the second half that he did the first. Um, I don't think yeah, that takes anything away from him. And I don't think he had too many touchdowns either with him and Kyler. No. I think their chemistry is off a little bit. You know. No, he didn't. Um, but he still was uh, top four in the league. Um, in a PPR st- uh, format, he was still top four. Let's see. Um, he had, I think he started catching touchdowns in the second half. The first, the first half, he was not catching any touchdowns. Um, mm-hmm. let's see. He had, 
uh, six touchdowns. Whereas players like Devontae Adams had 18, Tyreek had 15, Get 18? Adam Thielen 14. What the fuck? That's Dude, crazy. So many touchdowns. Like half of those came against every time I played him in fantasy against him. I swear <laughs> to God. <clears throat> AJ Brown, even having missed four games, caught 11. You know, um, yeah. Keenan Allen. You got to get touchdowns in fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. Keenan Allen and Stephon Diggs both only got eight. Um, yeah. So, I mean, sorry. Gabe Davis and Justin Jefferson were tied amongst rookies for uh, touchdown receptions as a rookie. Um, they both had seven. Um, just to go back to what I was saying before, uh, if I do it all over again, Probably go um, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, question mark. Could he be top three? Yeah, I, I, I think so, especially um, with Josh Allen. If Josh Allen's that same dude, for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, so uh, – and then from there, I mean, it's just – De- DeAndre dude. Hopkins probably after Stephon Diggs, um, DK, DK, Calvin, Tyler, Adam, Justin. Yeah, so that's the thing I with fantasy. Know. Like, it's deep at wide receiver. Like, when you're yeah. drafting, get yourself a running back early because you can get a receiver <clears throat> for fucking forever. You're straight. Yeah. I know this isn't a Cowboys podcast, but where do you rank Amari Cooper? Top 20. Okay. I, I think like I agree. I, I honestly think if we had to get rid of one of the three, I'd get rid of Amari, for sure. I know you would. Because I don't know why. Like, he's all right, but he's fucking – I know what he is. Like, he's at his peak. He's not getting any better. You know what I mean? I think Gallup is going to get better. I think CD's – the sky's the limit for that dude. Amari's like, man, he shows up sometimes when he feels like it. He runs routes when he feels like it. If he's not getting the ball, he doesn't try that hard. I'm I'm good with Amari Cooper. I mean, not many receivers have three straight seasons of thousand yard production, but a lot of receivers do. What do you mean? A lot? How many is a lot? Please tell me. I think I think a good amount. I think everyone in, you listed on the top ten has done it. Three straight? I think so. I mean, I'm sure DeAndre Hopkins has. I'm sure. Uh, Thielen probably has. Fucking Keenan Allen's definitely done it. You know what I mean? I would argue that. Devontae Justin Adams, Jefferson Tyreek had 1,400 yards this year. My God, dude, that's unreal. Um, monster. I mean, there was really – there was barely – there was, what, like – there was 12 to 15. I'm not going to sit here and count. There was only 12 to 15 players that got 1,000 yards receiving this year. So to say they do that year in, year out, I mean – um, I know Stephon Diggs consistent. is Stephon Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins, yeah, but those are all players that we have in our top ten. Not arguing if we would get rid of them on our team, you know. Um, I'm, not, I'm not trying to get rid of Amari. I love Amari. I don't want to get rid of him. But I understand. If we have to choose, saying. someone's got to go. Kill fuck Mary. <laughs> killing a killing Amari. All right, let's go to tight end. Tight end was. Boring as hell, dude. Uh, one of the worst like Kelsey seasons. And... Yeah. Um, so, omission was O.J. Howard because everybody else had, like, 
just barely hit the six game mark. Um, so number one, Travis Kelsey, number two, George Kittle, number three, Darren Waller, number four, Hunter Henry, number five, Johnny Smith, number six, Evan Ingram, number seven, TJ Hawkinson, number eight, Mark Andrews, number nine, Noah Fant, and number 10, Hayden Hurst. It's really like a, you get either in fantasy, you get Kelsey or Kittle and Waller, and that's about it. Everyone else is kind yeah. of a crapshoot. It doesn't matter who you get. But you have to get those top three if you need to gonna stand a chance. I'm putting Waller at two, and he might be my number one tight end on the board next year. Really? I'm taking Kittle, dude. If Kittle's healthy, there's no reason why he's not better than Waller. Other than the 2020 season, bro. Did you see Waller? He's a beast. He's awesome. He's but I'm taking Kittle all day, especially if the 49ers get a quarterback next year, which I'm sure they will. They're not sticking with Jimmy G. I think Kittle's fucking – he's up there with Kelsey and Gronk. I think talent-wise, he's got to stay on the field. So but his couple no of seasons, he's been amazing. Those three of the top three, even I would even argue that Hunter Henry is uh, a lock for top four. Um, mm-hmm. Five through ten, you could say that Evan Ingram in the right system – could be just as good as, if he stays healthy, just as good as a Darren Waller because of his athleticism. You know, he's a, he's crazy good. Um, TJ Hawkinson is another one that you should keep your eye on for 2021 season. Mm-hmm. Um, Noah Fant is another one who, who ended pretty strong. He's, he's good for 60, 70 yards every game. Um, he's, mm-hmm. But injuries were another big thing for him. So um, great on the tight ends, probably like what, B, B plus? Yeah, I'd give that an A. I mean, you're pretty pretty accurate there. If you got Kelsey at number one, it's an A with tight end. Yeah, I have Travis Kelsey at number one, Kittle at two, Waller at three, Hunt. Henry How about your four. boy Blake Jarwin? I think he's gonna have a big year. Post ACL. Um, pre yeah, preseason I had him in the top ten. Yeah, I think I think he'll be in that like Hunter Henry spot with a production of Dax healthy. I think Blake Jarwin is Maybe TJ Hawkinson. Like I think I could see him putting like top eight numbers up. I don't know if he'll be top five in the league because he hasn't had a, a single season to himself yet. You know, uh, yeah, that's true. The, his his breakout campaign was kind of dampened by uh, Jason Witten still taking snaps for the <laughs> Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know why that dude just didn't want to be like a third string tight end. Like he did it for the Raiders. Why couldn't he do it for the Cowboys? Yeah. You know what I mean? And then whatever. So and now he comes crawling back to us for a one day contract so he can retire probably <laughs> fuck you. Just kidding. No, like just dude, kidding. Just be a fucking backup guy. Like you're not good. Watch yourself on yeah. the film. You're slow. Very yeah. I mean, but he'd rather be a backup for Darren Waller instead of a backup for Blake Darwin. What the fuck? When a man like Jason Winton starts struggling with drops, you know it's time to retire because that man caught everything in his prime. Every fucking thing. And Beast. still to this day, yeah. Still to this day, my most iconic memory of the Dallas Cowboys was when we were playing the Eagles and they ripped his helmet Ooh. off and that motherfucker still ran downfield. I thought he was going to score yeah. a touchdown. Like, I'm like, this is an iconic moment where he scores a touchdown. Big, I caught because he's slow. But that was a sick yeah. moment. That would have been awesome if he did. Um, or uh, who was it? Um, I don't – I actually didn't watch this live because uh, we would have both been pretty young. But I think it was like uh, Teague – tackling T.O. when he uh, when oh, he was on the star. Yeah. Who was that? I didn't, I didn't watch sure it live Teague. either, but it was, I'm pretty sure it was Teague. It was George Teague. Um, but oh, 
that that one is another one that kind of I'll never forget. What is oh, yeah. one Dallas that Cowboys was... memory that lives in your brain rent free? <laughs> the thing with that too, like those Cowboys days, the Cowboys were ass. Like that's when I first started liking the Cowboys, like and like watching it for real, for real. Because like the nineties, fucking like five years old, I don't remember. But that's why I liked them because they were winning championships. But when I started watching football, they were like five and eleven every year. And they're getting Quincy fucking ran on by yeah, Quincy Carter days, Drew Henson days, Vinny Testaverde days. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like that's show. when I like that's yeah. when I started watching them. Like, now now they fucking suck when I start watching them. But they, yeah, that's when George yeah. Teague was on the team and shit. So go like another team. They haven't been good since you started watching them. I think I think you're right. All right, who you got last? You got defenses? What do you got? I actually didn't do kickers or defenses. Um, but we that. were talking about doing the power rankings for Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's um, finish up with the um, top 10 teams power rankings. Um, I'll go first and you can finish up. Cool. All right. So this is for not who I think will – based off how the season ended, this is how I think the season will start as power rankings. I think the first quarter of the season, these will be the best teams. Um, number t- I'll start from 10 up. Number 10, Cleveland Browns. Um, number nine, the 49ers. I think they suck because of all their injuries, but I think what everyone comes back healthy, Bosa, Kittle, they're probably going to get a quarterback. I think they're going to be back up there as one of the better teams in the league. Um, number eight, Tennessee. Number seven, the Rams. I think Stafford makes a big difference there. Number six, Seahawks. Number five, Ravens, just because they're always up there, even though I don't really believe in Lamar. Um, number four, Packers. Number three, Buffalo. Two, Kansas City. One, Tampa Bay. I'm going to give respect to Tampa Bay. I'm going to keep them at number one. Okay. Um, yeah, we're, we're largely different um, on that one. So... If you don't mind, run through that again. I got you. Number 10, Cleveland. Starting at one. All right, 10, one. Cleveland. <laughs> Go up from there. Nine, San Francisco. Eight, Tennessee right. Titans. Eight, Tennessee Titans. Yeah. Seven, seven, the Rams. Six Seahawks. Go ahead. Five five Ravens. Four Packers. Three Buffalo. Two Kansas City. One Tampa Bay. Okay. <clears throat> so surprisingly, I um pulled a Reggie. And Did you put the Cowboys in the top ten? Yeah. I was I was thinking about it. I was thinking about it. So um this is assuming everything that all the pieces that are in play right now, they stay in their they stay in their their their, their with their teams, you know. Um Deshaun Watson stays in Houston, he doesn't join another team. Um Dak stays with the Cowboys, doesn't join another team. Um and obviously, with Matthew Stafford going to the Rams, um, you and I both put the Rams in the top ten. But uh, number ten, I've got Dallas. 
Number nine, I've got the Chargers. Um, number, yeah, I was actually kind of surprised by that too. But that, that's my um, that's my Herbert's. Uh, Herbert's a beast, dude. He's gonna. I think if the second year is always a better year for the quarterback. If he was, if he's better than last year, fuck, watch out. Eckler stays healthy. Hunter Henry stays healthy. Keenan Allen stays healthy. That's one of the better offensive lineups in the league. And if they, mm-hmm. depending on what they decide to do with Mike Williams, um, they, I, I've, I've heard a it lot doesn't of talk. Matter. It's yeah. Herbert, dude. He's fucking slinging to anybody. Henry, yeah, he does. He does. Some no-namers came, like Jared, like Jared Guyton or something like that. Like some no-namers yeah, came yeah. around uh, later in the season. So. Uh, Dallas Cowboys at number 10. Yeah, they were hurt too last season. Um, Dallas at 10. Chargers, LA Chargers at um, number 9. Number 8, I've got uh, the Rams. Number 7, I've got Cleveland Browns. Number 6, I've got Tennessee Titans. Number 5, I've got Seattle Seahawks. Number 4, I have Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Number three, I have Buffalo Bills. Number two, I have Green Bay Packers. And number one, I have Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. Definitely different, but I respect it. I like the Chargers, and I was thinking about the Cowboys, too. I think those two would definitely be up in the up in the rankings for top ten. But, yeah, I mean, basically the same teams. I mean, I think I had the 49ers yeah. in, and you didn't. And then, yeah, I had the Titans and the Chargers, and you had the 49ers and the Ravens, I believe. Yeah. Um, I don't think the Ravens – yeah, I, I don't see how they make the playoffs next year. I just think Lamar is a regular season quarterback. So go 11-5, go 12-4, and then a real defense, and they focus on him, and he can't do much. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I could, um, yeah, I could see it. We'll see how that plays out, man. Um, any thoughts on uh, to go more current? Um, we can talk more about the Mavericks next week when we have uh, Craig on. But what about that Great. whole thing with them not uh, not having the national anthem? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's relevant for today and everything. Um, I don't know. People care about the craziest stuff. Like, I don't really care if they want to play it. Let them play it. If they don't want to play it, go and play it. But like, if you do play it, don't get mad at somebody for expressing their fucking rights and like their First Amendment rights to not, you know, stand. You know, I mean, if you want to kneel, you can kneel. If you don't, you don't. Shouldn't be a big deal. Um, as Mark Cuban, the owner, you can do whatever you want and play it or not. So, um, I think it's kind of. I don't know. Like, I, I get why he doesn't want to play it. I think it's kind of an overreaction to not play it and, like, make an announcement about it. Like, if you don't play it, just don't play it. You know what I mean? That's Well, that's um, what he but, did. And he just recently yeah. announced that he hasn't been playing it. But then it's like, you have to make an announcement because people are asking questions. Like, oh, what's going on in Dallas? Da, 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 da. But again, like, I've always found it weird how, like, you had to do it. Like, why? This isn't communist China to where you need to, like, you know, like honor the flag and like if you don't you get shot and like this is huge deal it's like yo this is america this freedoms part of that freedom is expressing whatever the fuck you want and if you don't want to stand you don't have to stand it is what it is so there's a lot of professional players and you can argue okay yeah they're playing in america and this and that but there's a lot of professional players like dirk Nowitzki. 
I just read in 2019 was just now starting to uh, do what he needed to do to become a uh, an American citizen. You know, I think we yeah. all just assume that because they're professional athletes that they're they're American citizens. You know, I don't know exactly how it works. You know, but um, mm-hmm. I just and and me being one of those people. You know, I thought that you know they got citizenship. You know, after X amount of years, I don't know what I thought, but I definitely thought they were, um, I definitely thought they yeah, were citizens, mm-hmm. you know, so um, my take on it is you're, you're, you're force feeding a national anthem down the throats of athletes who feel like, A, that anthem doesn't apply to them, you know, it doesn't cover them, they don't feel as though it speaks for them. You know, um, you've got an entire race of athletes that feel that see their own, their family, their brothers and sisters feeling oppressed by social injustices and they don't feel like it applies to them. You know, one nation for all that shit. Also, uh, we're living in a very progressive world where not everybody has the same beliefs in regards to spirituality and religion, you know, so there's the argument of whether or not to for, to make people stand up for one nation under God, you know, and um, also um, traditions and societal norms does not equate to relevance in my, in my opinion, you know, when I, yeah. when, when I clock into work and I, and I'm gowning up and putting all my PPE on, I'm not like, Oh fuck, I forgot to go sing the national anthem and say the pledge, yeah. you know, it's no different. I always, sports. I remember in school, like in, you know, cause in elementary, middle school, high school, like they do the anthem, not the anthem, the uh, Pledge of Allegiance. Didn't mm-hmm. you ever think like, sit, like walk, like looking around, this is so fucking weird how we're all chanting the same thing every single morning. It's like, I'm in like China. I feel like where I'm like, if like I don't cult. say it, I'm gonna get fucking shot. Yeah, it's like a cult thing. It's like, for whatever reason, if I don't want to stand or say it, let me have my American right just to not do it for whatever my reasons are. I don't even have to explain it to anybody. I should just be able to do whatever fuck I want to do. You know what I mean? That's what right. I feel like. You I should, know, I should and... have the right to like, for whatever personal reasons, I don't want to fucking say it or do it or whatever and just leave me alone. If you want to do yeah. it, do your thing. If I don't, I don't want to do it. It's my thing. And that's kind of, I feel like how it should be. I feel as though the move was misinterpreted by the masses a lot. And we're wrapping it up here, but like, I just wanted to, to kind of touch on this topic for my Mavericks that have won three of the last four and they're playing Atlanta tonight. Hey. Um, I don't think it's just as much so as black Americans kneeling or putting up a fist and, and, and peacefully protesting the national anthem during sports games isn't a shot at the soldiers who have died, who made this land free, blah, 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 save it. I don't give a fuck. If they feel oppressed as a race, then they're just using that. They're using that stage to make a statement to, to come out and say, things are not fucking right. And that is exactly what the Mavericks are doing here. They're not doing it to say, fuck the national anthem. They're doing it because they are one of the most progressive teams in the league. Rick Carlisle freaking hammers culture into these into these players, both on and off the court, during the season and in the offseason. Mark Cuban is is also 
has kind of come around in, in later years. You know, at first he kind of was like, oh, you need, I'm going to be standing. You better be standing too. But then we've learned a lot since 2017 yeah. has, you know, and, and I really think that they're, they're sticking up for their players. You know, yeah, here's like a problem though. Out. The the problem is the people on the other side don't, don't care to know the reason why. And that's the biggest problem is like, if you're, you're on the other side, you believe, them. yeah, you're not going to convince them because they don't, care they don't care why you're doing it they think they're right and they're gonna believe what they believe and they don't even they don't even look for the answer of okay but why are you doing what you're doing but they're not even gonna ask you that and if you ask them like okay so if you you think people should stand for the anthem like what do you think the other side of the argument why is it that people aren't standing and they would have no idea you know what i mean they, they can't argue the other side because they don't care about the other side's opinion they're right no matter what and they don't give a fuck what other people think. And then that, when that's the case, you're not going to progress in any type of way because no one's like listening. They don't give a fuck. No. It's, I'm right people and listen you're wrong. To respond. So that's, that's, that's the problem with this whole thing. It's like, I could explain myself till I'm blue in the face, but if you don't care, then what's the point? You know what I mean? Oh, man. I just don't see how this is like, it's just like we live in a nation that lacks. Un, like just unbiased compassion is, yeah, is, no is nowhere to be found and it's disheartening and it's like it's really fucking sad to be honest dude because yeah. i mean if you want to know the truth when whenever um whenever i get real emotional on on this especially the social social injustice and 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 this whole movement that's been going on do i do i sit here and support everything that blm represents as an organization no because any organization has corruption but the movement mm -hmm. of social justice and equality for everybody when i get really really emotional no no bullshit it's because you are the first person that comes to my fucking mind dude like some of my best that. friends have told me oh of course some of my best fucking friends people i call brothers you know, have experienced it personally. And if not personally, their brothers have experienced it personally. And it's like, my, my dad's never had to be like, all right, when a cop pulls you over, you know, just you better be, you have to be polite. You can't be doing this. You can't be doing that. You know, I didn't grow up living that, you know? And it's like, mm -hmm. for somebody to be so ignorant to just think that it doesn't exist because they didn't go through that. That's the problem with what's yeah. going on today. And people are so quick to say like them kneeling is is a disrespect to the the soldiers that fought for this nation and then on the other side oh now now us not playing the national anthem is so disrespectful to the the soldiers and and and, and this yeah. and that and it's just like there's more such, than what meets the eye. and if you and if you ask soldiers who were like because a lot of them are black and people of color or whatever, like a lot of them are probably, I think, I think most are because it's a good way to kind of get your family out of the struggle if you can for the yeah. military. But like, if you ask people who are the military, like, no, it's not disrespectful because we fight for the, that right of the first amendment and the, all these amendments that that's what we fight for. If you don't want to do Love something, you don't have the to. People in the back. You know Say what I mean? But again, people like, man. But, but people use the argument and then don't talk to anyone in the military about that argument. They just say that as a talking point because it's like, oh, I guess if, Military people are offended. That must be wrong. But like you actually don't talk to military people because they know we we fight for the rights. Whether you agree with something or not, like we fight for the right to say whatever you want and 
do what you want and be free, right? And yeah. being free includes not fucking standing for the answer if you don't want to. It's just like the, oh, the 99.9% survival rate, people never talk to people in healthcare, you know, never talk yeah. to people that are actually seeing this shit. And um, it's just ignorance, dude. And it's, it's, it sucks. It sucks yeah. because it got exacerbated the part, in the last four years. Yeah. And it's, it's chosen ignorance. People are ignorant mm-hmm. and they don't want to learn anything different, which is like, all right, well, willfully then I'm not gonna, ignorant. Yeah. yeah. Willfully ignorant. And that's, that's the saddest part about it. So what are you going to do? I'm going to keep chilling with my boy, Reggie B on the Andrew Reserve podcast and uh, dropping knowledge on these fools, man. And uh, yeah, keeps it real. We'll be back with Craig next week. Talking Mavs. And more Cowboys. He he works for, he, he, he wanted me to mention, or he'll probably mention he works for CBS and he, they are the official home of the Dallas Cowboys. So uh, I don't think mm. we're going to have a choice. I don't think we're going to have a choice. He should, but... he should plug our podcast into his station. Can he do that? I mean, thing? yeah. I mean, it's quid pro quo. You know, we're, we're giving you some airtime. Give us some airtime. Mm. Mm. This, this could be our big break. I think this is it. I think we're about to be famous. Dude, we're gonna get big. We're gonna get big. Well, it was another good week, Reggie B. Thanks for having me, and um, we'll catch up uh, probably before next week. But on the pod, yeah, we'll yeah, be yeah, on yeah. next week. Hey, bye, bye.